river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 70. Alright, so, so when last we left to Caleb? We had three seconds of wedding prep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Started the session and then immediately ceased it when children jumped on us. Yes, but before we were interrupted, we were talking about short scenes for weddings and you had just said that Nerissa wanted to see me. Yes, um, in relation to weddings specifically. Yes. Um, let me just find myself and work out why she wanted to come. I don't know what she Uh, that was it. So you get that usual, um, that sensation, that sort of itch at the back of your neck, and you hear the whisper of Kaylin, Kaylin, Kaylin. That's her ringing your doorbell, as it were. Yeah, and I will go yeah. off some yeah. in your own time, in your own circumstances. Yeah, you may make a call. You may call for Narissa, and she will step into. Uh, you you actually, Kaylin at this point can't control this. You can go to her or she can come to you. But in the absence of you doing anything, she literally just appears to open a door and walk into the, you know, the, king's, one, the, one, the king's chambers. The yeah, chambers. it's one of the private rooms in the castle. Yeah. So, she comes in to see you. Um, Kaylin, it's good to see you again. Likewise. I have watched with you into Drelev's lands. I have seen nothing I can assist, nothing I can aid you with in any way. But I wanted to speak to you about your father and Kressel's wedding. Hi. I would. And she she looks like she's sort of grasping slightly for this concept. I would like an invitation. To attend. Ah. Though I do not know Aldous or Cressel strongly, it is a sign of the peace you have brought to these lands that even one such as her is finding love and settling down. Aye, I think it's a grand thing for both of them. And 
you've done a lot for me, me and mine, one way or the other. I think um, House Thorn owes you a debt, and we would be most happy for you to attend. Then I will watch from the, I will watch from the background. That is literally all she wants. Yeah. There is, of course, no merit in actually providing her with a physical invitation. Um, you you can, in fact, if you want to give her one, literally make one up, call her and hand it to, hand it to her. You yeah. can't post it to her for obvious reasons. No, I think for the symbolism of the thing. Yeah. Because there will be invitations, so Kaelin will make one and give it to her. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, that's all she wanted. Yep. Yeah. Because the theory being, you know, it's a small private party, but, yep. you know, the people who are invited can bring people, essentially. Yep. So, you know, Kale, she is one of the people Kaelin is adding to the list. Yeah. Kaelin's not adding adding people to the list as a general rule, because, you know, the, that's how a small party turns into a big party really yep. fast. But he's going to add just this one. Yeah. Yes, she would theoretically come with Triss in attendance, but she's not going to. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, this is probably not the time for... Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Yep, that is all she wanted. Yep, that's fine. Um, is that? I believe that's all I had on my scribble of things to do. Sweet, that's fine. Okay. So the theory being for my scene with Van, what I figured is, um, if you just kind of set the scene loosely about what's happening, then I'll catch up with him at the wedding proper. Yep. Right, so you want to speak to him at the wedding proper? That was my, the my conception, but... Um, uh, do you have any preference before or after the ceremony? My theory was after the ceremony okay. and the sort of reception t- style yeah, of yeah. thing. Just checking the subject of the conversation isn't, for God's sake, we have to stop this. No, no. <laughs> Which would be kind of ironic, given it was pretty much Callan's fault. <laughs> okay, so... Um, ah, that's right. Oh, um, is Tristram coming? Yeah, that's one more scene that I wanted to do. Ah, uh, yes. Um, when you are um, you are round at Tristan's place, uh, uh, round at Tristan's place, uh, you are having a quiet dinner in the castle. I'm still used to you being a village. It's yeah, you, kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're having a quiet dinner in the castle with Tristram. Yeah, sweet. Um, and he's basically come round to play uncle to the kids who are running round. Uh, the, craw, craw, crawling around the stone floor, you yeah, know, picking up picking up food from their chairs, throwing it off onto the floor, then picking it up and eating it because it's always better with a bit of floor. Yeah, Brandon and Micah. Yeah, um, which Kaelin is actually. Um, this is an aspect of parenthood Kaelin's very robust about having been raised in an orc tribe. Like he he is meticulous about his standards of cleanliness. But it's not because that's what he's accustomed to personally, yeah. so... Bryn is having a well-earned sleep. Yeah. And Tristan is, is hanging out with you and looking after the kids. Yeah. And you were talking about this and that and the other thing and the educational policies of the kingdom. Yeah. And et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when Eldis walks in, just stage left... Yeah. Uh, walks in, looks over at... Um, lo- looks over at Kaelin, Rand and Micah, and then looks back at Tristan. Ah... Uh, they, the guards told me that Tristan was down here. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Nay, uh, that's all right. And um, Kaelin will push one of the kids up and toss him in the air. We're just having a, um, a bit of a dinner. Um, and Tristan will will get up awkwardly and yeah. 
looks like he's not quite sure what to do for a few minutes and then pulls a chair out for Eldis. And Eldis looks at it and there's this long, awkward silence and then Eldis sort of waves it off. Uh, no, no, I, I haven't come to interrupt your dinner by any means. Um, just came to... He talks past Caelan to Tristan. He says, just came to see you bites off the boy. <laughs> uh, Lord Tristan. Uh, you've, um... <laughs> the two of them stare awkwardly at Tristan. Tristan. Yeah, um... A... Bites off the father. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, says, well, you've done a great deal for Stagthorn and, and for House Thorn in general. And I don't think stand in an unexpected place between us, but nonetheless, I, I would appreciate as a as a part of House Thorn in good standing if you would attend my wedding and he will produce the gold-leafed invitation and hand it to Tristan who looks slightly surprised by this because he's not terribly good at hiding his face and takes it oh, uh, yes, I mean for, for you and Cressel I'd, I'd be delighted to I mean, I, I didn't think I would but I'd, I'd be happy to uh, good, good we'll, we'll see you there then <laughs> <laughs> he beats a hasty retreat yep Caelan will um, grin as he um, tosses Brand in the air and catches him to make him laugh. Uh, you see something new every day. Yeah, and Caelan would pretty easily pick up that it's not Caelan's presence that's inhibiting this conversation. It's, you know, this would be more awkward if he was actually just alone with Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> you were right there? Oh, uh... A little surprised is all. I didn't think I'd I'd be attending, but no, I'm I'm all right. Yep. The wedding. So in the temple of Aristil, it is cleared out. You're in the main. You're in the main halls, um, which is of course now a beautifully restored Aristalian temple. Yay! Green shining down, green light shining down through stained glass windows upon the area and all this sort of thing. Yeah, nice. Because I imagine we'll have kept some of the trees round the temple itself yeah. so that it's got a nice green vibe. Yep. Yeah. It is a cold but reasonably reasonably attractive and bright day. And Jod walks up towards the podium, one hand loosely down on his on his dog uh, that sort of walks forward slightly awkwardly and leads him to the podium and he stands up uh, Eldis is of course standing there um, in what is basically his official uniform which is now slightly defunct as a Lord of Brivoy yeah <laughs> um, nonetheless he wears it with proud pride is in House Thorn's colors has the um, the emblem of the house on it that sort of thing Um Jod comes up to the front. They, of course, play because there's only one thing you ever play at wedding. Oh, does Kelly get to be the best man? Uh, I don't know that they'd have one. Uh, oh well. You'd be a you'd, you'd be up the front. Yeah, yeah I'm fine with just being in the front row. With barn. Yeah. Um, and in comes Cressel 
who is pretty much just wearing, you know, her buckskin pants and that sort of thing. She hasn't actually come in armour. Yeah. Um, her concession to to the nature of the wedding is that she is wearing a rose in her hair. Sweet. Which is... And um, I would have helped her polish her axes before the ceremony, so they're extra shiny. Yeah. And she moves up to the front. Her and Eldis take each other's hands. And John says, We are gathered here in our Father's grace to celebrate a to celebrate a merger in our community the bringing together of two souls in the bonds of marriage and rah 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 rah, rah. he gives an official good quality Aristelian speech yeah um, the two of them take uh, what are clearly customised vowels as opposed to the very standardised Aristelian ones um, although those vary all the way between love, honour and obey to any number of other variants uh, they more or less promise, you know, to love each other faithfully, faithfully and kindly. Yeah. And um, in sickness and in health, to defend House Thorn from all enemies, Sweet. within and without. <laughs> um, John asks if there is any reason why the two should not be joined, and people, of course, always crane their heads and look around. Yeah. Um, and Kaylin will see down the back in basically the very last row. There is sitting. Uh, somebody who looks about 90% like a human woman um, with her hair is blonde but really silver blonde bordering on going going light green Um, and she just has that slightly odd ethereal air around her Uh, the other people down there seem to have given her a wide berth of space without really realising they're doing so (laughs) Uh, it is in fact not just similar, but exactly the same thing that you saw when Oberon and Mab attended your wedding. Yeah. They were there, and people just moved around them without realising they were there. Yeah. And Nerissa sits in the back and smiles at this. Um, and the happy couple lean forward, kiss each other, and Elvis and Cressel are married. Yay! So yeah, I figure the post-marriage thing is there's probably a little reception at the castle, yeah, but just so. just a very quiet, quiet, informal sort of party, but with a good feed later yeah, on yeah. style of thing. You you have like several dozen guards around who are not so much attending the wedding as keeping the lucky loose away. Yeah, and um, additionally, it's sort of this is kind of the chance to say goodbye because they're probably heading out immediately following us. That that is very much their plan. So this is kind of a combination reception slash goodbye party. Yeah. And, um, the, um, you know, while people are, you know, dancing and talking and eating and that kind of thing, um, Kaelin will specifically go looking for Varn. Right? Yeah. You will... Find Van over in the corner. Uh, uh, he is over in the corner speaking to Svetlana, um, who, as you approach, you know, she more or less smiles, dimples at him slightly, nods her head, and then exits off. Where she see to where she sees Tobias eyeing up the cake a bit lavishly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not touching it. You know, he's a good boy, but he's. 
He's definitely thinking about yeah. maybe if a piece of frosting just happened to fall off onto his finger. Yeah. <laughs> Van looks over at you. Caleb, it's a good day for our house. I, <laughs> I'm happy they worked it out. It's um... not who I would have expected. For a stepmother, he says, chuckling slightly. <laughs> no, no, no. She's not. She's not younger than him, but it's. Yeah, you know. she, I bet she's younger than Carolyn. Uh, I'm thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a it's an odd pairing age-wise, but um, she really she cares for him a lot, and I think that might be good for him. It will certainly be a change to have him. Serving his own personal interests, following his heart. I never quite thought I'd see the day, but these have brought strange days for all of us. I, I, um... I suppose I wanted to see how you were holding up, if you've got a few moments. It's, um... Of course. It's been a hard few years for you, and I don't know if there's all I can do, I guess. The, um, lost a lot of people coming down here, then that whole mess with Bordecai, and now this thing with Triss, I know, has got to be harder on you. I know life's not fair, but you've had your fair sh- you've had more than your fair share of knocks by any measure. I know you're a um you're a man I admire greatly. You've got a lot of control and discipline, which is something I still struggle with. But I guess we haven't had the chance to get to know each other all that well. And I know you focus on your duty first, but sometimes, no glance over at Elvis, duty can get to be a pretty heavy burden if you don't have a lot else to leave in it with. So, so I have seen, as I see more of how farther away from his duties. Yes, he's... I've definitely seen another side of him these last few months, this last year. This whole mess with Jerabeth turned out pretty badly, but I think it wasn't just what she was. He was looking for a change, looking to do something other than what he's done all those years up in Bravoy. He certainly found it, and even if he has lost them, he found friends in that commune. The keep of flowers. Even if something is lost, it is better to have had it than to have lived without. Aye. Aye, I can see that, but too many losses can make for a heavy burden. I 
I assure you that any personal difficulties won't get in the way of my duties to my people. I never thought they would. I just wondered if there's anything I can do to help you. He will think about that for a moment and turns his palms up slightly. I do not see how. I will survive this. Roses fall. Thorns remain. I... Yeah. He's Eldest's son. Yeah. He's everything Eldest wanted him to be. Yeah. That's not necessarily a good, a good thing. thing. Yeah. On the other hand, um, you know, people change. Elvis invited Tristram to his wedding. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he just needs a bit more time. Ovan and Tristram staying away from each other? Uh, not consciously, perhaps. But they do seem to... Oddly enough, there's, this, there's this little circle that moves around where when Tristan moves, Van and Eldis sort of move as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Tristan goes over to Eldis and gives him a handshake and gives Crystal a very chaste kiss on the cheek sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and presumably offers his congratulations or what yeah. have you. But for the most part, they sort of interact on a social level and that's about it. Yeah. And... Um, Caitlin wants to um, ask Nerissa to dance. Yeah, she is just floating around the... Um, not literally floating. Yeah. Hanging around, the, hanging around the back of the room. And um, very few people seem to be interacting with her. Again, it's not that uh, people are snubbing her. It's that people don't see her unless she wants them to see her. Uh, Tristan has gone over and spoken to her at moderate length. Um as has Michaela, those are about the only ones. Yeah. Caitlin will go over. Uh, would you care to dance? She looks like It has been a long time since I danced at a mortal wedding. By all means. The, um, I, I don't necessarily want the scene, I yeah. just wanted to, to, to do yeah. it. Yeah. She is supernaturally a supernaturally good dancer yeah Kaelin very much not yeah but he will do his best on this yeah, occasion yeah. it really doesn't matter you yeah. average out quite nicely yeah and then um, subsequent to asking her to dance I want to ask Brynn to dance about mm-hmm. time <laughs> and um I think probably after the dance standing, you know, having obtained her some food, I will and standing by her it's, um, oh, all this makes me think of our wedding it's, um, it seems a long time ago I guess we didn't really we didn't really know each other so well then, but to get put his arm around her I I got damn lucky. I'm a lot happier today than I was back then, than I was before I married you, and that's that's due to you, love. And he gives her a kiss. You got caught. <laughs> I knew what I wanted. You weren't fast enough to run away. Grabs you. 
into my life. I'm, I'm a very lucky man. So this is now um, three and a half years I believe you've been married to her. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I want to um, look up on the calendar when the kids' birthdays are because I've, I've lost track of how old they must be now. Uh, they're not very old. Um, they were born in Gosling last year, so they are coming up on their, they're at this point 10 months old each. Right, sweet, that's nice and clear. Yep. So, um, not really toddling yet, no. but, um, sitting up and wagging around. Yep. Yep, they, they were at the, they were at the ceremony being kept quiet in the back. They've been taken away from the reception already. And tucked up to bed. Yep. Yep. But yes. And that is the, um, that is the the bulk of the scenes, but I think I will go over and say goodbye to Elders and Cressel in person. Yep, by all means. So, uh, sort of as the ceremony is winding down, the Kellen will come over, shake Elders' hand, and clap him on the back. Congratulations, Father. Wouldn't have happened without you, boy. Cressel sort of, you know, looks slightly away, it's like, no, no, probably, probably not. I think you've made a good choice. And um, I will give Crystal a slight awkward, a, a very slight awkward quick hug. Yeah. She tenses up, flinches away from you slightly, then looks awkwardly. Uh, uh, suppose, I, suppose I'm getting married once. Squeeze. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Have a good time. Kill some pirates for me. <laughs> Now, now, boy, we're going down. We're going down there for sun, surf, and a nice, peaceful time. Although, if anyone does get in our way, says Chris, <laughs> that's the half axes. It, it'll be their own fault, uh, legally speaking. I, I um, expect to hear that the shackles has broken out of an air of peace and tranquility any day now, and that they've just decided the piracy doesn't pay. You look after yourself, boy. You look, you look after yourself, here, boy. We expect to come back and find Stagthorn still standing, you understand? I will do our best. Can't promise we won't have been invaded a few more times, but uh, we'll manage. Take care of the place, boy. Take care of my people. Shakes your hand. Looks round the room and his eyes settle on Tristan. All of them. Aye. You can count on it. And I'll send you word if we hear aught about that other matter. Take care. Yeah. And in scene. Yes, indeed. And Eldest and Cressel will ride off into the sunset. Yes, quite possibly quite literally. Yes, quite literally. They yeah. take horses and they ride off. Yeah. For the first time in Eldest's life, he takes no retainers, he goes at his own pace, and he is going nowhere in particular. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that really does underline that he's a bit overdue for this. Like, they're sort of vaguely heading for the shackles as a place to go, but they're not exactly rushing there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And we're, uh, we're obviously in the month... We've had the kingdom turn. Of cholesterol. Yes. Have two kingdom events. Ah, uh, Which yes. was Eldest's wedding. Oh, cool, so we're up to the other one. And the other one of which you will get a couple of days later. Yep. Um... 
you are in your throne room kinging. Yep. <laughs> probably, um, if I'm in the throne room, probably hearing petitions yeah, and yeah, talking to people about official business and stuff. You are receiving petitioners and that sort of thing. Yeah. You are presented with the next petitioner. Um, are they petitioners if they're people? I suppose... It's it's a guy coming to see you. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people come in to see me. Yeah. Uh, this is probably in this. Is this in the smaller reception room or the big formal reception room? Because the smaller one is probably more for my own people, whereas the big formal one is no. The this, is, big... this is in the big formal one. Yeah. The, this is you are meeting um, with um, you know members of your own kingdom who have problems, want the king's opinion, want yeah. to petition you for this, that, or that. So it is very much petitioners. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, brain. Asleep. Um, page. Leon. Yes. Leon approaches. My lord, you you have a petitioner who wasn't on the, you have a petitioner who wasn't on the list, but he's waited until he's waited politely until you until you're done with the, until you're done with the group. Uh, are you prepared to receive him? Uh, it's his his name is Squire Raoul of the of the Knights of Aristil of Brevoy. He's bearing your message from Sir Frederick March. Aye, we'll be to hear what that's about. Yes, yes, tell him he's welcome to come in. Yeah, and. Because we sort of had an understanding between me and Frederick that he wouldn't sort of wouldn't come in for, uh, and anymore after that whole business. Yes, and thus he hasn't. He's yes. sent someone, someone else, else to bring yes. a message to you. Um, and Squire Raoul will come in, you know, about you, give you the appropriate greetings, and then he says, I bear a message from my master, Sir Frederick March. Uh, hands it over to you. It is a sealed letter. Um, and when you open it up... Uh, it reads, "Your Majesty, Your Majesty, Your Majesty, King Caelan of Stagthorn." Uh, You're good. Yep, just getting my watch back to watch, watching because it's uh, like we bumped it and not on the time. This is, uh, in fact, I'll just info dump you this rather than get yep. to it in, in his text. Uh, That's fine. He tells you that um, there are a number of um, he doesn't call them refugees uh, because they're not fleeing wildly or anything. Uh, he says that there are a number of citizens who are seeking to leave various parts of Brevoy, and he will list out, you know, the Satova lands, the um, Take mobile lands, the um, and those under the independent alliance of lords. Uh, there are a number of people who are seeking to leave and seek out a new life elsewhere, but have feared have feared reprisal. Uh, he is essentially down here with a bunch of knight paladins of Aristotle escorting a bunch of refugees. Uh, right now, they are sitting on the borders of your land between here and Brevoy. Um, he requests that you admit them. Um, he, he requests that you admit them. He anticipates that you will take them in, but does not command it so. Yeah. Um, and he requests permission to escort them through your lands. 
um, but will not personally enter himself without your permission, and they have elected to not go without him, so they are parked on the border of Rivoy, him, a company of knights, and a, and a large band of refugees, and are seeking your permission to enter Stagthorn, basically. Yep. Um... The, um, oh, I think the um, other matter should have expired by this point, um, and I will write out a um, note and um, yep. um, uh, some wishes you're, you're welcome, basically a message telling him he's welcome to enter and bring them in and yep. give it to the guy. Yep. And then um, I will go see Akros yep. and just quietly let him, and um, hey, um, Sir Frederick March is bringing some refugees down from Bravoy. If you could refrain from murdering each other, I'd take it as a kindness. That depends whether he's down here to arrest me again or not. If, if he tries that, I get a swing, right? If he tries to arrest you by physically attacking you, then yes, you can attack him. If he get, if he, uh, I've asked him not to seek you out and bother you about it, but if he does seek you out and bother you about it, I expect you to remember that he can't do a damn thing. You can always just wander off. Yeah, alright. <laughs> Okay, and these people come in, and Sir Frederick March comes directly to the castle to meet with you. Yep. Um, he bows appropriately to you. He says, Your Majesty, I hope the day finds you well, that your father's wedding went off smoothly. I had heard it was, I had heard a rumour that it was happening, but I confess I did not quite believe it. Aye, it was, um, they, um, were minded to keep it a quiet affair. Aye, they've, um, headed off, um, off to have some adventures elsewhere for a a time. Um, so we're, um, just about our usual business, as it were. It's a bit of a troubling time with, um, war on everyone's borders. I imagine it's tougher up north than it is here, and we've had a few troubles ourselves. Okay, we'll glance up at one of the recently repaired bits yeah. of the castle where, you know, we were invaded. The trouble to the north is the reason I've come here to speak with you. I... Uh, I have come escorting group, escorting group of refugees, a wide variety of families, around 250 in all. The situation in Bravoy is chaotic and full of discord. Friends are ordered to fight against friends. Enemies unite together to face foes that should oppose neither of them. The citizenry are caught in the middle, and the church itself is stretched in every which way, commands coming from all directions. Everyone has been forced to take their own stand on what they will do. I am here against the commandments of my duty from my direct superior in the church. I am to take my knights and join the armies of the Independent Alliance of Lords and strike against the Sotobas. Knights Chapter of Aristil will fight Knight Chapter of Aristil. For no purpose other than to decide who will rule and who will not. I have declined that duty and followed my heart here to protect these refugees from bandits, monsters, and whatever other difficulties they found upon the road. And we did indeed find find a small handful upon the way. 
these people have come to Stagthorn seeking to join you as your citizens in a time of difficulties and discord where no one can make out clearly which leader is worth following. You and your recent actions in regards to Katapesh have set a moral beacon to be seen for miles around. Ah. They have come here seeking to join Stagthorn as part of it and to its service. As have I. Ah. Well, that's mighty flattering, particularly considering our past troubles. I am... Uh, And his men. Yeah. I know somewhat of um, what um, might be going on in Brevoy. Our um, troubles down south, I'm thinking it's that Gairona's laid her hand in them. And from what I've heard, that may be the case up north as well. The hag. Her discord spreads throughout the river kingdoms, wherever her ladies can lie it. Aye. It might be that um, we um, could share some more information on this, but um, firstly, I'd be very glad to have you and yours. I can see it's a difficult thing that you've done, I know it's no small thing for a man of your caliber to refuse the orders of a superior, but I think you might have made a wise call. I I believe you may have made a wise call on this one. In any case, um, I'm sure the church can find you, um, it can find you in the refugees' places for the time being, and we can possibly look to setting up our own chapter. Well, I'm sure that, I'm sure that my knights will find good service here. If I am personally going to cause issues with Akaros or anyone else within the kingdom, if my sword will bring you more go- more grief than good, I am willing to step aside personally. I'll speak. I'll speak to Akaros about this, um, and because um, that's something that um, he should hear. But um, while he's um, while I don't expect you and he to um, necessarily get along, I believe it was the. Um, efforts to arrest him that he took particular objection to. That is no longer a particular concern. There is no legal authority left to turn him over to. Aye, it, um, this mess, it grieves me, but, um, it's no doubt being worse for you being in the thick of it. I'll, um, I'll speak to him further, but, um, it's my, it's my thought that you're welcome here. Yeah, we may have had our disagreements, but I've always considered you a very honourable man. I'd be glad to have you join Stagthorn. Whilst I too have also considered you very honourable in our dealings that we have had in the past, I sought a sign from Aristotle, and I believe I have seen it. In your dealings with the Pact Masters, few put profit over people. Few, few put people over profit. It's important. It wasn't. It, it wasn't an entirely easy decision, but it's such a, things never are. But it's important to me to keep my word, and I've no love of slavery. Then I will settle. Our, I will settle us 
with Jod, with the high priest Jod at the Church of Aristotle. Let me know when you've spoken to our Akaros. Thorns. Mm-hmm. That's that's more important to him than the fact that you're the king. Yeah, it's fair. Uh-huh. Awesome. All right, and um, I will go see Akaros pretty much straight away. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Sir Frederick's come to stay. He's leading some, uh, he and his men. He's leading some refugees down from Bravoy. <laughs> You're kidding me. Mr. Stick in the Arse has abandoned his post. Against the direct orders of his lawful superiors. Oh. Oh, he didn't kill anyone on the way out, did he? Because that would, that would just be delightful irony. <laughs> Nay, he just left. He was supposed to be taking them up to find another chapter of Aristotle. Uh, bad business there. Aye, the um, mess in Bravois has gotten bad enough. Um, everything's coming apart up there, it sounds like. Uh, anyways, he's um, no interest in arresting you, not having, um, being, um, if he goes back to Bravois, I'm thinking he's the one who's being arrested. So I imagine you and he can um, manage to live in the same kingdom without stabbing each other at this point. If it is going to be a problem, you can talk to me about it. But uh, I don't exactly love the guy. and We don't really need his holier-than-thou type down here telling us what to do. But you're the king. That's what you think's best, I suppose. Wait, if we put him in charge of an army, that means I'm his boss, doesn't it? If we did that, then yes, that would be how it would roll out. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking more we might keep the two of you apart for the time being. I'm certainly not going to rush to put him on the council or anything like that. If he um, goes around... um, giving you a hard time emails I can sort them out but I don't think he will I'll tell you what I'll go have a word with March myself and we'll settle it like men he raises his fists off <laughs> as long as that's without swords I don't see any objection okay uh, Akaros actually will go around and challenge him to a brawl yeah. Uh, March will check that you're okay with this. Yeah. And then take him up on basically a public and open boxing. Ma- no, boxing is too formalized, but effectively a public fist fight. Yeah. Um, so that um, because making it in public ensures neither one of them is going to knife the other, or at least you're going to know what's happened. Yeah. And the two of them do indeed b- violently beat the shit out of each other with their fists. Yeah. Uh, March wallops him again. Yeah. <laughs> March is the man. <laughs> so yeah, um, basically what I want to do at that point then is give March a couple of days to settle down, yeah, and then go see him and talk to him about. He sits down and coordinates with Tristan and Corwin what sort of people he's bought, where their skill sets lie, where they can be best utilized. You know, he wants these families kept together and blah 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 blah. Yeah, um, is basically go see him and have a talk about what he'd like to do and specifically looking at um, you know um, possibly setting up some kind of um, 
paladin investigatory style thing, the same kind of work he was doing in Brevoy, which led him down here periodically. Yeah. If he wants to set up the same kind of thing, because I'm thinking the Church of Aristil and Elthrisk who stand have a more martial chapter. Yeah. And basically what I'm looking at here is, is this is there potentially a kind of building I could build or organization or army I could found or similar uh, thing that would suit his talents? You cannot, um, you, you have not yet found anything that would allow you to found an army of paladins. An yeah. actual army of paladins would be extremely rare. Yeah. Because even a tiny one is 25 people who have been directly chosen to represent what would presumably be the same or similar deities? You don't yeah. have to see 25 paladins of different deities hanging around at the same time. Yeah. Um, so that you don't have. Uh, you can trivially find things for him to do. Yeah. Um, he is a, a reasonably accomplished, reasonably high-level paladin. Uh, you can actually more or less work this out. He is a ninth-level paladin. Whoa. So his reputation precedes him. Yeah. Um, he is is largely pretty much considered to be the best paladin in Brevoy. Yeah. Um, and it, it accordingly, can do pretty much anything that falls under that wheelhouse. Uh, he can do council positions. He can do leadership of an army. Yeah. Um, he can work trivially as you know a watchman, a priest, a mediator, any number of things in that neighbourhood. Um, because he has adventurer money, you don't actually need to give him a job, per se. He can more or less do whatever he likes. Yeah. Because my thinking is, um, I think he'd be he'd be a neat guy to have on the council and somewhere I'd be keen to put on, but I don't want to immediately put him on. I want to give him an accuracy yeah, few, a he, few months to get used to being in the same kingdom with He, he more joins your list of potential councillors. Sweet. Um, so what I'm looking is for, for is for something for him to do in the short term. Yeah. And it is certainly true that I have, I mean, um, the Van Holt, the, there are two potential armies. Lieutenant arm- Bob. Yeah, well, for starters, Van Holt is being led by Lieutenant Bob, which, you know, there's no denying he would be a more badass choice for that. Um, the, um, and the other possibility is, um, one of the things I was contemplating for my fourth army was creating an army of clerics. Yeah. It would be a smaller army, more because yeah. um, you know it was going to be monks, clerics, or just random people for the for the next army. Yeah. And um, it, one thought is that he would be a, he would be a neat fit for that kind of um, more martial um, clerical style team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one is you know it does occur to me that um, army general is kind of a fairly risky post for such a cool NPC, and the. Um, other one is, um, I think a um, adventure, uh, you know, an adventuring, um, adventuring paladin investigating team is kind of a neat idea. Yeah, totally up to you. Increasingly short list of people of Brevoy. Because they're all down here. Yeah, because Brevoy is self destructing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty grim. Um, the other thing I will want to talk to him about is I will want to privately tell him what what I know about because he probably has heard some stuff yeah. about Neska, but what I know about Neska and what I know about Amand the Twiceborn 
and what what Jerabith told me yeah. about what's happening in Brevoy, particularly the last one. Yeah, and he'll he'll not. I, I won't go into the deal with Tristram and Triss, but I'll go into the the thing that yeah. she said that Grona had seen a change, and that was what happening. He'll nod at this and take it in with interest, um, but essentially advises that. Because of the way the Church of Gorona works, you know, they always lie all the time. Yeah. And it's one of those things where he could take this back, but because you have no direct information he can work on, yeah, you can't I don't say know. that guy is a changeling. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where the witch hunt to find who have been replaced by evil Gaironan changelings could be actually more damaging than letting the inter- them do their thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and yeah. that's assuming they're even there in the first place. Yeah, it's a um, it's a very Gaironan ploy, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, set up the need to have a witch hunt, and yeah. then if you do have a witch hunt, then you spread discord, and if you don't have a witch hunt, then their agents just keep doing their thing unmolested. Yeah. So, you know, he, he thanks you for the advice, and will pass it back to people who are still working for the common good in Bravoy. But it's, it's not going. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not going to be particularly helpful. No, that's fine. I um, just wanted to have that context. Um, and so there are actual things associated with this event too. Yes. Um, he brings new vassals into your kingdom. Um, it is basically a small group of people many of whom are reasonably highly skilled. He's got paladins with... He's, he's, he's a paladin. He's got knights with him. He's got clerics. He's got um, a bunch of civilians who tend to be people who have the intellect and capacity to see that it's going downhill and get out. So you've got, you know, glass blowers, jewellery makers, all that kind of thing coming in. Yes. Uh, these are great people to have in your kingdom. Sweet. Uh, you get kingdom benefits from this. Uh, your unrest goes down by two if you have any. Okay. Uh, I will just obtain a pencil and find my um, kingdom sheet and actually make some March related notes. Uh, the unrest going down is less because good, pe- you know, useful people are coming into your kingdom, and more they're abundantly clear that they tell more or less anyone who will listen that they're here because you rejected the Pact Masters. You know, they're here because they've been inspired by the fine, upstanding moral leadership of King Caelan of Stagthorn, and that generally enhances people's pride in Stagthorn and that sort of thing. Awesome. Yep, that drops my unrest back to zero because it was one because Cressel and Aldous yep. are leaving. And then you gain uh, new vessels. Uh, an exploding D6 worth of build points. Ooh. Oh, I'm rolling D20 for that. Being optimistic. Yeah. Oh, and it's it exploded. Not an exploded D20s. Six. Ten. Ten. Woo So yeah, they come down here directly with a bunch of skills, a bunch of money, a bunch of good labor on their own right. Awesome. So I, having given it some thought, yep. I will give March his pick of taking command of an army, yep. or um, which will mean working with Akaros, yep. or um, working with the the church and looking at a more investigative role, possibly working with first to um, look out for trouble within the kingdom, a more internal yep. 
Marshally wardenly assistant type role. He will take the army. Sweet. He knows what Draylin is about. Yep. You know, he, he takes a post in the army fully understanding that he's already that your kingdom is already literally at war. Yeah. Hannah Strelev is a petty, banal evil, but in many ways those can be the worst kind. I... following kingdom events. Yes. Right, and I will put Sir Frederick March in charge of Army 6, which has not been founded yet. Yep, he adds a plus 4 bonus to the morale. Sweet. Like he has 18 charisma or something. Because the theory being, um, I can move the... If I found a new army and put it in Lakeview, I can move the Van Hold army back to, um, back to Van Hold yep. and, um, have a have a decent amount of armies in both places yeah, in case something happens. March, of course, has no home anywhere in your kingdom. He has no particular interest in where he is specifically. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's pretty shady. And that is the kingdom turn of cholesterol finished. Yep. What that's, more would you like to do with your life? That's the all about things Kaelin wanted to happen turn. Uh huh. It's pretty speedy turn. Of events are good, yeah, and they are indeed, and that was pretty awesome. Well, that's totally a great trade for five points of economy. Alright, and um, the plan would be to go out exploring again. Um, and I think at this time, um, what I would like to do is talk to Michaela yep. about yep. a plan to go into Fort Drelev in disguise. I understand. Okay, so you go and speak with her, and... Um You'd probably think of this as well, but her advice would be the same. Um, is bring um, Cassandra Domesti in on this? Ah, yes. Your defector from Fort Draylev to generally info dump and brief you on what's going on there and that sort of thing. Yeah. God, another one for my list. What, do you have to add Frederick March in there now? Uh, no, he's already on there and he did Cassandra Domesti. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so you you and Michaela basically sit down with her and say, well, you know, what can you tell us about the situation of Fort Draylev? We're looking yeah. at infiltrating. What do we need to know? And she thinks about this and she says, well, actually, getting into the city shouldn't necessarily be all that difficult. I mean, you're kind of... Um, uh, Distinctive, she says, looking, looking at Kaylin. But uh, uh, you, Lady Mirage, you'd, you'd blend right in. It's just, I, I'm sorry, but a half walk is really going to stand out. Oh, but and for Kaylin, <laughs> impassively. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course, because I am not a half walk. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, when I left Fort Draylith, was pretty subdued, but. There's definitely still activity happening in the streets. Trade still has to flow. The gates are still open to anyone coming in who's bringing goods, entertainment. Uh, 
uh, mercenaries on offer, anything in that sort of thing, anything in that sort of uh, ilk. The town's under martial law, so you need to be careful about where you go and how, but I don't imagine you'd be overly stopped at the gates as long as you have a good premise for getting in. I was um, thinking maybe a, um, if you styled yourself as a merchant and we set you up with some crates and barrels and supplies and the like, and um, possibly I could go in as some kind of bodyguard? Yes. That would work, that would work just fine. There's no compelling reason you couldn't come in as a merchant as well to allay suspicion from you. We can hide we- we can hide weapons, smuggle them in under a wagon, take take goods. Uh, I can see I can see no real fault in this. It should be getting into the town should be relatively easy. Once we're there, I want to um, track down Lillian and um, see how she's doing. If she needs if she what she wants to tell us, if she needs to um, it, it, what's, what's been happening the last few months to her if she wants us to get her out or help her get others out or anything of that nature yes yes it's Cassandra. You, you can find her at the velvet corner here I'll, I'll show you get some paper and basically sketches you out a map of Fort Draylev I actually have one here but it is not very interesting so mm. I probably won't bother sharing it unless no. you're desperate to know no that's fine um she but yes she's Find Lillian. Take her my ring with a flower, with a long stem flower of any kind through it. She'll know that my message got through to you, and she'll know what to do next. Lillian always does. Hi. We'll um, we'll um, catch up with her and um, see what's going on in the town. We um, we'll make a try for your father if we can, lass. But it may be that um, we need to get more more informed what's going on in the fort before we can. I don't know where he's where he's been kept precisely. Uh, I've, I've taken your word that you'll do what you can. Don't put yourself to any unnecessary risk. If Stagthorn falls, then there's no one left to oppose Dreadlev. We'll keep working on it. Uh, and can you pass me my dice box? It's inside the cupboard, on top of the toaster. That's what it does. And yep, that, that should be pretty trivially easy. Um, my father will know you by reputation, but certainly, certainly not by sight. You'll have to convince him that your friends to come with him. Uh, maybe Lillian will be able to help you with that, but um, no, no need to mention her to him. And Michaela sort of watches this play for a moment and says. What is your relationship to Lillian? And, oh, uh, she's she's been wonderful. She's shown me a lot of um, fascinating things that I, that I didn't know about about Fort Draylor in the world. Ah, says Michaela. Makes her sense motive, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I see where that one's going. <laughs> so, um... Afterwards, I'm, I'm going to want to talk to Michaela yep. about that, but we can stay in character with this for the moment. Yeah, and so she can give you a layout of the town. She can tell you where you can find several inns that uh, she would consider reputable from her noble daughter's background. Um, she knows where the watch posts stand. She knows where the Temple of Aristotle is, etc., etc. Uh, Sweet. She doesn't know what's happening in town 
at present in regards to when she left it was under martial law and yeah. presumably still is yeah uh, she doesn't know about guard rotations and things that specific yeah yeah uh, she knows castle Brelev is generally speaking locked down visitors yeah. are not encouraged they do happen of course but yeah. the king still needs to deal with his business um but um, the the town is dependent on trade coming in by either land or river, so either one is still actually pretty doable. Yeah. And yeah, there we are. Sweet. And yes, um, so you know we have a good we have a good chat and thank her for her briefing. After um, after it is just Michaela and me, I will um. So what was that? Is she and Lillian, you know, together? Uh, Michaela sort of assesses you for a moment. Yes, that was certainly my read on the situation. Uh, Lillian didn't exhibit any interest in other women when she was with you? Uh, no, but we went on, like, two dates. I didn't, um... I, I can't say I um, got to know everything she was interested in. Well, I'm, I'm certain it wasn't... You, you were going out for like three months. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? I'm, I'm certain it wasn't you that uh, put her off men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I certainly um, I certainly didn't um, cover myself with glory when I was with her, but um, I suspect she's been a woman of broad-minded tastes from the outside set. But yes, uh, certainly from Cassandra's point of view, I... Make her very much in love with Lillian. Ah. Well, I hope it's mutual then. Lillian's a um, adventuring spirit. And the way she speaks of not telling her father suggests that he would seriously not approve of the relationship. Well, they do seem to be quite um, high up in the aristocracy and um, a common-born Verizian girl, if you don't count the Minkai heritage, is um, perhaps not what he had in mind. And you'd, you'd also trivially know, um, as a member of the Church of Aristotle, depending on where you swing in that one, um, to the, the further right-wing you go, the more homophobic they are. Uh, fundamentally, just because, you know, a man and a woman marrying each other enhances our society okay. and they have children and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Whereas two women marrying each other only weakens the moral fabric of our society. It's style of thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's the church holds the wide spectrum of yeah, positions. Yeah. But this is not the church of Shetlin. Yeah. Um, even on the extreme left wing, you know, lesbianism is not encouraged, it is merely tolerated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's worth bearing in mind for context. Uh, well, it's um, likely none of our business, certainly none of my business, but it's worth knowing um, we'll, um, to, to see how all that plays out. In any case, uh, we've first got to get ourselves in. I can put together the necessary things, the necessary things fairly rapidly. I would think a wagon, a band of horses, trading goods... Uh, We'll need to slip your armour and weapons in somewhere. Not un- not unheard of for a trader to be armed, of course, but perhaps not quite so armed. <laughs> I was thinking I could um, wear the leather armour under um, 
traitory clothes and um, perhaps um, one weapon. <laughs> against the sort of people, that, against the sort of people that are likely to work for Hannes Drelev on his front gates, I could disguise I could disguise you as her Grolka and still walk you through the front door with no questions asked. <laughs> I, I've, um, I'm relying, I'm relying on you, Lass. S- somehow I'm confident that, um, you can, um, g- even potentially, um, conceal someone being a half-orc if the need, need arises. Yeah, she is reasonably confident in her plus 33 to disguise. Ah, yeah, that ought to do it. <laughs> if you give her sufficient prep time to set this up, then that's what, that's what you're getting. Yeah. So I think, um... Given that being a half-orc is kind of a distinctive, you know, there aren't that many half-orcs down yep. here, and there is one particular half-orc who's... Um, yeah, she go- recommends not being a half-orc. Yeah, going for a um, going for a more human look is probably the way to go. Yep. You know, possibly slightly on the ugly side for a hu- human guy, but some humans are. Yep. Uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, fellow trader is probably the way to go, but a you know slightly armed trailer with um, you know perhaps a long sword and um, you know maybe some kind of sh- a longbow and some kind of short sword. She she anticipates no difficulties whatsoever. Yep, sweet ass. At which point, um, having found a nice dry route in, yep, we will probably pretty much take the road north. Yep. And just roll a wagon right up to, um, right through the hex we haven't explored and right up to the yeah, gates. Yeah, totally up to you. You can go by boat if you prefer, but, um, Given it me- makes no compelling difference. Yeah, but Michaela's is, um, perfectly comfortable. You know, I, I know a lot about horses and she, neither she nor I know very much about boats. <laughs> okay. So is that what you want to proceed on with? Yes. Do you want to proceed on with it now? Uh... It is getting on the late side. I think um, maybe ten more minutes of sort of wandering in up to the first dramatic point style of thing. Yep. Um, the um, could I have my um, city map, uh, uh, world map calendar? I don't understand what you're asking for. Um, I have. You want, your, you want the character sheet that's got your calendar in it? Yes. Thank you. Um, so we, um, but I know the, um, we hadn't explored the hex that was right on the front of the, um, area, but we had explored the entire road going up to it, except for the last hex that the, um, Fort Drelid is actually in, so we can just sort of, and we're not going to explore any hexes that we haven't explored at this stage, we're just going to ride on down. Yep. You cross the Wyvernstone Bridge? Ah, yes, the the awesome bridge. And ride on down towards Fort Drelid. Yes. Uh, the road, as you take it, more or less straight, sitting in your wagon, you've literally got your horse and Michaela's horse hitched up to the wagon along with yep. a couple of others, so you've got your horse if you wanted it. Yeah. Um, the road is well maintained, um, and obviously reasonably frequently used. You will actually see the odd horse and carriage going back and forward. Uh, what you don't see are any guards out there. All of the trading caravans and things that pass you and you pass have their own people on them. Yeah. Um, I believe I'll style myself as Caleb. It's a, um, no, it, it's a name that has a similar ring to it, but it's distinctive enough to... Yeah. Um, Caleb and Mora. Yeah, Caleb and Mora. Nice. Okay, so 
when you head down, uh, you head into Fort Drelu proper, and it is trivially easy to find it. The road goes straight there, it is well signposted, it is designed to be accessed. Sweet. Fort Dralium has very strong, large walls all the way around it, mm-hmm. making it a nice bastion of defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gates are open. They are he- reasonably heavily guarded, but they are open to anyone who wants to enter. Sweet. Um, what you haven't seen on the way here, and as you get into the surroundings of the city that you might expect to see elsewhere are a bunch of civilians. You don't have a lot of, like, farmers heading to market and that sort of thing. Yeah. Every group that moves through here looks like they're organised. Yeah. You know, it's not a farmer pushing a wagon load of cabbages down to sell it. It's a caravan with three or four armed guards that have several farmers' worth of cabbages going in. Uh, And so... You head down, and the doors are the the gate is open to you. And as you approach, one of the guards will sort of raise a hand, wave to you, wave for you to pull over off the side of the road slightly, and then four guards come along, move up to you, and look you up and down. Uh, at which point, because they are actively checking you out to see what sort of threat you pose, Michaela now needs to roll her disguise check. Yep. Uh, incidentally, because she might as well do this, um, you actually already know this because it's come up before. She will say to you, here, take this. So, in fact, what we have is the disguise montage yeah. before you go in. So you pull up several hours, you know, ways away from Fort Drelev. Yeah. Um, and she says, right. Well, that should have been more than good enough to pass for anyone seeing us on the road. Now it's time to apply this seriously. Yeah, mm-hmm. sit down here. We'll need facial putty to change the shape of your t- skin, to change the shape of your chin, toner to t- change the color of your flesh. Uh, this here, when we drop this in your eyes, will reflect their tints differently. Now, smile, yet not quite so wide. You're going to have to cork those fangs out a little bit. <laughs> You know, your hands need manicuring. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to, you know, change your hair slightly. Uh, and she says, here, I have my own spells, but this will be useful to you. Takes her veil off and gives it to you and says, put it on and think about what what you want to look like. And so you get, she's got a veil of disguise, basically. Yeah. Then she puts another veil on because she still needs a holy symbol. Yeah. Her, her goddess of mysteries. Yeah. Um... Then she casts Disguise Self on herself. So yeah. So you both have Disguise Self up. Yeah. Um, and then she rolls in. Yeah. So how does Kalen wear the veil? Because if he puts it over his face, that's going to um, present an odd appearance. It disappears. Ah, okay, all right. You can feel it on your face because it's only an illusory construct. Yeah. Um, but basically it turns into something that is vaguely a piece of headgear that fits your appearance. Yeah. So, you know, a gold earring, a headband, anything in that neighborhood. Yeah. That's, that's how the hat of disguise works. It disguises itself as a part of the process. Um, so I think the camera will actually see, because this is probably kind of an, this is, um, an interesting character moment. Um, Kalen will, um, put on the veil of disguise, think about it, and a, um, Guy who looks very much like Vaughn's entirely human older brother appears yeah. as um, Kaelin imagines himself human and then goes over and looks in a, 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 a in the water and sure enough and then 
people think about it for a while and the guy who doesn't look that much like a member of House Thor yeah. emerges with um, slightly peasantier appearance and, you know, a different coloured hair and the like. There we are. Helen Thorne is a human. Aye. Not easy. Uh, I can see I w- the attraction. I wouldn't say easy. Aye. It takes a long time to become this good. You can always rely on the vast majority of people seeing what they expect to see, but there are always a few smart ones in every crowd. Aye. And there's something to be said for being able, having so, being able to take off the disguise now and then. That there is. She smiles at you. <laughs> well, and she will disguise herself again, so she no longer looks like she. She doesn't look like half orc Michaela. Yeah. She doesn't look like Elven Michaela either. Yeah. Um, she goes for being a very catapeshi style freighter. She has on a lot of like the big flowing harem pants style things, silken silks and scarves, and the, the silken hood all over her, and that sort of thing. Cool. All right, that gives Kaelin a good. Um, Kaelin will be a um, puts a lot of dark blue blush under her coal under her eyes. Kaelin will be a quite hawk faced guy then, yep. like a. Um, but wearing, you know, quite a lot of black and like a sort of fiercer, a fiercer desert guy. Yeah. And I will, in fact, um, go for a scimitar as a, um, which of course I'm proficient with. Yep. And um, it's a very deserty sort of weapon. Okay. And you roll up, and the guards approach and check you out. And Kayla rolls her opposed disguise. There's not any point rolling for the guards, is there? Uh, so that's 50. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 17 on the dice, 33 on her, 23 on her skill, 10 for disguise, self, self. for disguise selves. Um, the guards basically take one look at her and immediately relax. Yeah. Instantaneously in their body yeah. language. This is the sort of thing they see three of these caravans a day. Yeah. And that approach. Good day. You're from Cat- you're from Catapresh, then. Yes, that is right. Uh, well, first time trading in Fort Drelib. Yes, we have come a long way here. Well, Miss Sir, we're going to need to search your wagon. I'll ask you to step out over here. I'm going to go through it, have a look for contrabanding of that sort of thing. Now, if it's your first time into Fort Drelib, then you want to be made aware of the rules around here because, well, we've got quite a list of them. <laughs> And a couple of them climb in the wagon and start searching through it. But um, you are not, you don't appear to be carrying anything overly untoward. Uh, Michaela has just put all your weapons and armor and shit in the wagon in yeah. different boxes and crates and that sort of thing. Um, they are reasonably polite in how they do this. They don't wreck your wagon, but they do go pretty thoroughly through everything. And they don't blink at the fact that you're carrying around a full plate and tower shields and great swords and all this sort of thing. Yeah, because we put them in a crate with other weapons and armor. Yeah, and Michaela explains her business here. She's a trader from Catpesh. She trades in exotics of all styles and all styles and types. And she's got a bunch of miscellaneous spice and carpets and that sort of thing with her, and also all these weapons. And the guards. Yep. Of course. Her disguise is beyond perfect. Mm-hmm. They believe this implicitly. They take nothing. They search your wagon for about 20 minutes, find nothing that compels them to take any actions. 
and are perfectly happy with this. Uh, in the meanwhile, I'll tell you right. Things to keep things to keep in mind here. We're under martial law here. You can carry your weapons around town, but any ruckus, the guards will come down hard on you. Right? You don't want to spend the night in Fort Drayleaf cells. Several people don't come out again. Most important thing: an hour before sunset, to an hour after sunset, to to an hour after sunrise, you need to be in a legitimate establishment. Staying in an inn, staying with friends, whatever, as long as your paperwork agrees with it. But don't go out after dark. Anyone who does gets taken off the streets. It's a matter of it's a matter of necessity here. We're at war with our fearsome neighbours, Stagthorn, and they have a bloodthirsty army of centaurs. I hear that they have spies everywhere, continuously trying to infiltrate our kingdom, and we need constant vigilance to keep an eye out for them. Our rules may seem a little draconian, but they're only temporary and they're necessary in these times of difficulties. Once the oppressors of Stagnor have been defeated, then things can begin to relax a little around here and get back to the good times that have made Fort Drayleaf great. He says all of this with a completely straight face and as far as Michaela gives you the nod and probably your sense motive as well, seems to believe it himself. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, sense motive, there is actual information. Yeah, which Michaela will pick up and pass to you later, so you can roll or not as your heart desires. Caelan doesn't. Caelan's busy um, trying to stay in character, which, um, you know, his catapeshi accent ain't that great, so he's playing strong silent type. Yeah. <laughs> he's um, sweating inwardly. <laughs> yeah, so the. the Among guard... other things, wearing a veil on his face is a really bizarre sensation. <laughs> what the guard tells you. Um, is obviously what he tells you about the laws and that sort of thing is completely true. Um, he tells you that it's necessary in these times of wars because of the evil oppressive Stagthorn and completely believes this. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it does occur to you that any guard who doesn't believe this and isn't smart enough to keep his mouth shut doesn't hold his job for very long. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and secondly, even these guys that are probably as pro Drelev as they get with it yeah. for Drelev because you, you want the guys who are keeping murderous assassins out to be relatively on your side. Yeah. Even they seem a little bit unhappy with what's going on. Um, and they will actively tell you that you don't want to go out at night um, because the special guard will pick you up. And Michaela says, oh, how will we identify the special guard when we see it? They won't be dressed like us, and they'll be giants. King Drelov has made some unusual alliances in the name of peace. But at night, the town is patrolled by literal hill giants. Right. The guard is not happy about this. Because it's kind of his job to keep the citizenry safe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the theory being, you know, the guard could do a perfectly adequate job, but... um, suppressing the rabble rousers who want to give trouble to the good King Drelev yeah. and um, taking care of the citizenry whereas the hill giants are more stop first and ask questions yeah. later. The, the laws that you are given to follow are nothing terribly draconian, generally speaking. However, there is a strictly enforced curfew. Don't go out at night. Uh, you do not enter Fort Drelev. You do not go near Fort, uh, Castle Drelev. 
you do not seek an audience with the king unless you have already gone through several layers of permission. Yeah. Um, you need to go through several underlings. You can't just rock up and ask if you can be put on an appointment. Yeah. To do that, you need an appointment to make an appointment, effectively. Yeah. And, you know, given this level of bureaucracy, possibly you need an appointment to make an appointment to, to make, make an, an appointment. appointment. Yes. <laughs> um, and you are in... And then you are given some very vague laws to follow which are act in the interests of peace, you know, act in the interests of Fort Drelev. Between the lines, it's pretty easy to pick up, you know, don't rock the boat, don't ask questions. Yeah. You know, these things are, if not strictly illegal, enforced anyway. Yeah. Don't be one of those guys that says the things that get you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> don't make psychic comments about Drelev. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't complain don't about make comments about his wife. Yeah, don't don't complain about the our new hill giant overlords. Right, and uh, conspicuously, he doesn't mention word one about Armag uh, the Twice Porn yeah. or a bunch of Tiger Lord barbarians. Yeah, yeah I, I imagine the um, citizenry would, given the, the you know, we totally sold ourselves to the Church of Gorona and then it turned out that it was a bad idea. Uh, based planned. on what Cassandra told you, the citizenry would have to know. Like, yeah. the Tiger Lord Barbarians literally invaded the city and yeah. swept through the walls. Yeah, but nobody's talking about that. Yeah, but but you're getting this very Orwellian thing about it. You know, yeah. we have always been at war with Stagthorpe. We have never heard of the Tiger Lord Barbarians. There is no war in Barsing Say. Indeed. <laughs> Well, the um, the equivalent of there is no war in Basing say I, the entire country's been in a civil war for a hundred years, but we didn't notice. But you're not supposed to have noticed. It's um, very much like you know the city was invaded four months ago, but that didn't happen because that would suggest Gerald wasn't on the ball. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you can roll into the town. It cool. is um, Castle Drelev, which you can trivially see from basically every corner of the city is magnificent. <laughs> it is this beautiful, large castle, you know, stained glass windows, heavy drawbridges, guards all over the place. It is both an architectural masterpiece, looks well defensible, and looks very comfortable, it must be said. Yeah. Um, the rest of the city? Not so much. Ah. Um, when you go through here, what you will see is there is just this general sort of air of downcastness and desperation in the city. Uh, people do not greet you as they go past. They duck their heads lower and deliberately stay out of your line of sight. No one wants to stop and talk to each other. There, the shops and the markets are still open. There's farmers and craftsmen about. But what activity there is here is very subdued. It's all happening very quietly. People have to go about their business, but nobody wants to draw any attention doing it. Nobody says good day to you or how are you or that sort of thing. Um, several of the guard patrols you see patrolling the streets are more or less just doing what they want. Like They just walk right up to the merchants, take food off their table and start eating it, and the merchants... Don't even see it happen. Yeah. They look the other way pointedly. Yeah. And completely fail to interact with them in any way. Um, so this is not a happy city. Yikes. The whole place just has this air of quiet desperation. When's it gonna end? 
Yeah, that's all a bit grim. Uh, and so what do you wish to do? You can trivially find the Velvet Corner, you can go wandering around the city on your own bat. I think... Um, and you have been referred to several good ends that you could stay at if you so desire. Yeah, I think um, we will probably... Um, is, the vel- is the Velvet Corner an inn? It's not, is it? It's a, um, it's a brothel, isn't it? She referred to it as... Um, I can't remember specifically what she referred to it as... Um, Possibly a hostel or something like that, and a dance hall. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that she referred to it as an inn. Um, I should have referred to it as as being a tavern. Yeah, um, it is a place of entertainment and drinking, but not necessarily somewhere you could stay for the night because that's the point of distinction between an inn and a tavern. Yeah, a tavern you come into temporarily, and then you um, you don't. And then you stay in, rather. Yeah, so I think what we'll do is um, get ourselves set up at the inn nearest, the, the good inn that's nearest the Velvet Corner, so we have somewhere to retreat to when night falls. Yep. And then probably do sort of half a day of trading, so, you yep. know, we're here to trade. Yep, makes, makes good sense. So we don't sort of immediately entering the city, make a beeline for the person we're meant to be contacting. And then, um, after a morning of sort of buying and selling and the like, we'll um, stop at a flower seller and buy a long, buy buy a bunch of long stem roses, give them to Michaela and keep one. Okay. So you head your way and you find the Iron Steeple Inn, which is a large, well-built, solid-looking inn. Uh, looks very nice on the outside, you know, attractive, nicely signposted, everything else. And when you go in. It's so quiet you could hear a pin drop in there. Um, and as, the second you come through the door and basically ring the bell for attention, a, sli- a slightly small, even for a halfling, mm. so he's about two and a half feet tall, uh, hops up on a little stool, looks over the counter at you, uh, slightly, slightly blurry-eyed, and he says, Yes, can I help you? Oh, are you customers? You're here to stay. Yes, yes, of course you are. Uh, the, the Iron Steeple Inn, we, we have plenty of rooms at prison. Uh, we have some rooms. We have enough rooms for you and anyone else. How many rooms do you require? Just the two. Oh, yes, we, we can do that easily. Uh, not, not easily. Uh, we can make that happen. Uh, and, and you have horses, wagons that need stabling. We have people that can take care of this. And he quotes you a pitifully low price for this. Um, in the ilk of, this is the sort of inn where you should be paying a couple of gold a night to stay. He is asking a tenth of the price for a couple of silver. And um, he, he will say, you know, a couple of silver and you, there's obviously something a little on your face as you say that. And he raises his hands and, no, no, I, I promise that is all the price. No hidden extras. All praise be to King Hannes Drelev, who has set these fine, te- who has set these fine prices to invite merchants such as yourself into the city. Right. Yeah. So this guy, like, will actively lose money when you stay here because the, he is obliged to charge you below cost to yeah. encourage trade into the city. Yeah. Which is actually not necessarily a stupid idea, but how it should work is Drayliv should be subsidising him out the other end. We yeah. bring trade in, the end makes money, 
Draylev makes money, everyone's happy. Yeah. Instead, based on your read, the flow is probably the end loses money, Draylev gains money. If the innkeeper complains, Draylev drags him out back and shoots him. Alright. Um, <laughs> the, um... Uh, um... doesn't approve of this, but obviously needs to go with the flow. Yeah. However, um... There is such a thing as tipping in this sort of climate. It, it, it isn't there, like, um, you know... Yes, it, yeah. Yeah, the, um, Kaelin's about to... And indeed, in a fine end, it would be routinely expected that you would tip yeah. a little more for good service. And that, and yeah, so Kaelin's about to become a generous tipper, I think. The, the service you receive is a little slow, um, and the guy explains that, unfortunately, he's had to let several staff go. Yeah. You know... Owing to the owing to Stagthorn choking off our trade, yeah, um, and Centaur raiders, you know, killing their killing their merchants and this sort of thing, yeah. If you head out of the kingdom, you should you you know on your trade routes, you should definitely go um, west away from Stagthorn and away from Pytax. Yeah, um, you know, to be honest, if you're saying you shouldn't go to Stagthorn, there's not a lot of good choices because North they're having a civil war and. Um, you know, I believe the east is Pytax, isn't it? Uh, oh no, no south is, is down. South is Pytax. I believe it's Dagomar for the east of them. Uh, they're uh, doing just, just taken away just fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, no problems of any notable kind. Yeah, yeah, because he hasn't worked his way round to fighting Dagomar yet. Yeah, um, Dagomar doesn't have much of an army, but the people who oppose them tend to die personally. Oh yeah, because they have a lot of assassins. assassins yeah, right. So Draylev is very unlikely to pick a war with them because it will bite him personally. personally in the yes, ass. very true. Yes, that that definitely that definitely isn't the sort of kingdom you want. Eventually, to he'll probably end up having to do it. Yeah, yeah. If he, he keeps if he keeps going, yeah. Um, so you you leave out some generous tips for the guy. Yeah. Um, and what you will find is that. Like, you leave a couple of gold pieces around. When you come back, you know, in, in the sort of location next to your door, the standard tipping place, yeah. when you come back, there is a stack of silver there. He has taken a small tip and left the rest. Right, yep. At which point... Like that's, that's, how, that's how paranoid this goes. They won't take free money because then someone might report him for violating the, trade, the trading minimum costs and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, well, in that case, I will tip the maximum small tip available yeah. and reduce the financial hit slightly, which is probably the best I can do. So, this guy is looking at either nobody comes to the inn and his business suffers, or people come to the inn and his business suffers worse. Yeah, they're, they're, you appear to be at present the only customers in here. Yeah. Um... But that's actually good because customers lose their money. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, like looking around, walking around the city, you can see why no one wants to stay. Yeah. Hmm? If you were really here to trade, you'd want to unload your goods. You might even take a small, you know, a small a, loss. Yeah. A, either a very small profit or a very small loss, and yeah. then just head on out. Huh? Huh. All right. So. Then you yeah, then you go around town, you sell a variety of things or endeavour to do so. Yeah, I think um we'll actually both buy and sell. Yep. It brings in some money to the town and yep. um makes us um gives a, gives more of a uh, yep. come and go and deal. Again, you know, people provide some provide some different things we can put on the cart because none of Stalin's stuff is going yep. out on the front for display. 
people are happy to do business with you, you know, and business is being done. But again, there's just that air of subduedness about it. Yeah. No one's excited about it. You know, you're not here to make money, so you don't care if you give yeah. them overly good deals, but... It doesn't make it better when yeah. I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And... Yeah, you engage in trading. Uh, do you want to engage in gathering of information about things as well? Yes, that's probably a very useful thing to do yeah. while we're... Uh, and given what where you are and what you're doing, Michaela will quite desperately advise that you gather information quietly. Oh, Lord, yes. Because actually. you've been openly told that people who ask too many questions disappear. Now, um, if Kalen takes the minus four and flubs, does that mean he blows the... Um, no, you cool. cannot make this worse. You merely fail to draw on information because... What Kalen will find is the vast majority of people, closed mouth. We yep. have no opinions on that. We know nothing about that. Alrighty, so Kalen makes an assist check. Yep. And you watch Michaela go to work. Yeah. <laughs> and she is actually very good at... At first, everyone just blanketly shuts us down. There are no problems in Fort Redliff. Yeah. You know, there is nothing to be concerned about. The war will be over soon. Our army marches from glorious victory to glorious victory. It really is. There is no war in Barsing Say. Yeah. Uh, but she is a skilled and patient questioner, good at extracting information from people a little at a time. And that is, uh, with your assistance, a 29 altogether information. That's right. So that will give you lots and lots. Yeah. Uh, so first off you are told by some of the people around of a few side quests that you could go and do if you were so inclined ooh side quests side quests and rumours for starters and then there's actual information on the town as well yep I will just let me track down my side quest sheet Side Christy sheet. There's a Lazarusaurus crossed off. I'm still proud of that one. It may not have been very hard to kill it, but I have transported it with style. Okay. So. That's a Tyrion and Tamari. To family members. You have heard that several of the. You, you hear tell that several of the local swampers. Um, and rural folk that are out in the area, like that, that video sets with the fishermen and that sort of thing. Um, fewer of them are coming in these days, which is not unexpected at all, but fewer of them than are expected. Um, and the story says that somewhere on the border of the Nile Marches and the Hooktang Slough, so that's your forest and the swamp. Yeah. Um, there are supposed to be bog mummies rising from the muck to drown the living. So that's a rumour, right? Bog no, mummies. that is a side quest. Bog mummies. Okay, side quest. Bog mummies. Um, you definitely hear enough about this that whether or not there's bog mummies there, there's damn sure something there. Because people go missing in that region. Okay. Um, the swampers are basically poor hillbilly trash, so nobody yeah. is offering you money to do this. But it will definitely occur to Caelan this would be good for your own kingdom because these bog mummies or whatever are bordering on your kingdom as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that pays off by a kingdom reward. Yep. Not much. 
Uh, and then another one that people are quite happy to talk about. Um, like guards will openly tell you about this, people will openly tell you about this. They will tell you about Speartooth, the saber-tooth tiger that's supposed to exist in here. Ah. Uh, so Speartooth has long plagued the hills west of the swamp. Is alleged to have killed and eaten over a hundred people. And has not been brought down thus far. So, saber-toothed tiger? A saber-toothed tiger. Cool. Tiger to the west. And a fierce one. Fierce. Um, The guard themselves have an open bounty of 8,000 gold on him. Ooh. Very nice. Um... So, find Speartooth, kill him, uh, deliver his head or his fangs or some proof that you have done so to the local guard, and they will pay you out on the bounty. Um, There is a rumour going round that um, one of Fort Draylin's better hunters eventually went out to do this, and he didn't come back either. Yeah. Uh, And what you will find as you poke at this is basically um, Speartooth has been a problem in the region for some time. Um, the captain of the guard that's offering up the bounty, however, will tell you that unfortunately they can't distribute their own guardsmen or their army or whatever to go out and solve this problem because they can't weaken the defences at this critical, secure time. Which central army could sweep over the borders at any moment. Yeah, yeah. but but Speartooth has been here since Drelev started. Yeah. You know, and he's he's somehow just never had the resource to go out and sort it. Yeah. And of course, you actively know that it is to his benefit if dangerous monsters live in the wilderness and eat people that don't live in Fort Drelev. Because the message here is... Because people have to live in Fort Fort Drelev. Drelev. They assure you that Speartooth has never been seen within sight of the walls, and the guard could easily drive him off. Yeah. But, you know, perhaps you, you shouldn't roam out there. Yeah. Uh, so those are your two side quests from inside Fort Drelev. Cool. Uh, you hear rumour on the street that those Tiger Lord barbarians that, that don't officially exist... Yeah. Um... They have a new warlord who is seeking a powerful weapon, thought long lost. Ah. And you can, of course, probably um, add to that Orin Bane, so named the sword that was crafted by the Iron Lord. Yeah. Yes, it's interesting because the indication was that his soul had been stored in the sword. So yeah, that's, that's certainly how the story goes. So it's certainly surprising if he's back that he doesn't have the sword. And the rumour on the street is that he's looking for a powerful long-lost weapon that word on the street doesn't have what it is because yeah, they're obviously yeah. not deeply informed about the comings and goings of the Tiger Lord Barbarians. But yes, it is interesting. Yeah. All right. And then you find out all the informations. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, people, as I say, are not eager to talk to outsiders. Um, many people won't talk openly to you. They will talk to you in hushed whispers. They will talk to you in innuendos, rumours. I heard that such and such a thing. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Michaela's is really good at yes, this. Yes, she is. Although, as it turns out, not quite as good as she is at disguise, which she is ridiculously freaking awesome at. Uh, so, business is pretty damn poor. 
as you've seen, uh, the outlying farms are doing pretty badly because a lot of people have abandoned their stake in it. Yeah. Um, and several more people have come within the walls of Fort Draylia where they can't maintain a farm anymore. Um, what they are getting, however, is a lot of food being supplied by Pytax uh-huh. at relatively low prices. Uh-huh. So Pytax is not actually doing good business out of this, but they are feeding Draylia's people. Yeah. Um, Which is a slightly odd move. Uh, you will hear all about the the delightful Lady Quintessa Moray. Yeah. Um, nobody has any clue of what she actually does within the city. Yeah. Uh, the running assumption is that she is Drelev's not-so-secret mistress. Yeah. Who's pretty much kept around to knock boots with him. Um, everyone compares her to the Baroness. Everyone thinks she ca- that the Baroness comes out unfavorably. Yeah. Everyone wishes she, the queen. Yeah. Everyone wishes that everyone wishes that she was the queen and was knocking boots with them openly. <laughs> well, yeah, um, the barbarian warlord Armag has definitely been here, and several people can point you to um, a you know several people can openly tell you they have seen the tiger lord barbarians here. Yeah, they have seen this guy answering to Armag the twice born. They describe a huge hulking barbarian. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the descriptor it's is not you know, like I know he was he... really big and he had a giant sword and rah, rah. It's like yeah, yeah. He, so he was definitely a tiger lord barbarian. Yeah, the sounds of things, but that yeah. is meaningless too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I know what he looks like. Uh, he has entered into some sort of amnesty or alliance with Drelev in exchange for sparing for Drelev and has taken off several prominent young women as hostages and marched off into the hills. Yeah. Um, he's... So most people assume the hostages are already dead. Yeah. Um, uh, you will find that Drelev is really, really, really not favoured here. Yeah. Um, to, to the extent that if um, they they all want rescuing, they don't necessarily want rescuing by Stagthorn because they don't trust Stagthorn either. Yeah. Based on what they've been told, um, effectively, and you you get something of a synopsis of this. Obviously, this is in, vaguely in, heading towards Kalen's interest to remove Drelev and take the city for yourself. Yeah. Um, the sort of stuff that you do while you are bopping around in the city and the goals that you accomplish and, you know, whether you massacre the civilian populace in the process and that sort of thing will determine how easily the populace accept you or not. So this is actually my opportunity to effectively ingratiate myself with them. Yeah, there's an, there's an ongoing mechanic in the background wherein you are gaining and losing liberation points for doing or not doing certain things. Yep, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um... And that's pretty much all I'm going to tell you about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Some of it should be pretty self-evident. You know, slaughtering all the citizens on the way to gloriously rescuing them will not win you friends and influence people. In order to to rescue Fort Drelev, it was necessary to destroy destroy Fort Fort Drelev. And you will find that Queen Pavaretta Strewn Drelev is soon to be throwing a fabulous birthday gala for herself up in Castle Drelev. Ah, um, which has drawn a lot of ire from the people who are, you know, slowly starving down here. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
However, you will find that the Queen, uh, this one is her birthday and should be more lavish and grand than the others that have preceded it. But she will sort of at least once every two months have one of these parties for some reason or another. Yeah. It has been her ba- birthday, her brother's birthday. The one that draws a lot of ire is the dog's birthday. Yeah, I can see where that would be a problem. You know, 5,000 gold spent on the dog's birthday. Yeah. That's their festival. Yeah. You know, we don't have a public festival. The dog has a birthday. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so... The, you know, wealthy people and those in the know in that merit invitations, and it is one of the times when Castle Greylive is more open and accessible. Right, yep. So that is a method of infiltrating. Yep. And that is what you discover. Uh, is there anything else in here? Um, the... Of the buildings in town, uh, everything is kind of working, be it in slow business. Uh, the Temple of Eristil, there is a nice large stone building in town, there's a Temple of Eristil. It is presently empty, all of the priests are missing. Um, nobody, the presumption is that they've been dragged off by Drelev's guards, or the Tiger Lords might have killed them for being offensive to their religions, or something. But no one's investigated and no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. They're just gone. It's Tuesday. Ask nothing further. Yeah. The Temple of Aristotle is there, but it is literally empty. There is yeah. no one in it. Okay. So it is there if you want a hideout or something in that neighborhood. Yep. Good to know. And that's that. Yep. Okay. And I think, um, I have a suggestion for a closeout thing. Yep. Is, um, Kaelin will go by at, at lunchtime after spending the morning asking these questions and things. Kaelin will go to a flower cellar, buy some long stemmed roses, give a bunch to Michaela and retain one. Yeah. And then go seek out the, um, go see out the, what's it called? The, the velvet corner? The, to go seek out the velvet corner. This is the sort of place that would be more, in, less conspicuous to go to after dark, but given that people don't go to places after dark, it's just going to be a middle of the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And when you when you get to the Velvet Corner, it is reasonably busy. It is, in fact, the busiest place you've seen in town, by which I mean there are dozens of people here, yeah. not hundreds. Um, so you head in... Um, and it has a couple of bravos out the front, just big guys with clubs. Um, they will look at you as you come in, but you know won't blink or never to stop you in any way. They're just here to be a large, burly presence. Um, you hit in, and it is immediately obvious. Like, the moment you walk through the door here, there's no pretense of this being an actual tavern. It's a gambling hall. Yeah. You know, there are people throwing dice and playing cards and playing games. There are shouts in the air. There are piles of money being changed around. Uh, two o'clock in the afternoon does seem a bit early for this, but you're assuming that people have just altered their schedules to yeah. the night curfew. Um, and there are a surprisingly large number of attractive women in here who are dressed in what could very loosely be defined as clothes, but are much closer to thin pyjamas and are vaguely bordering on being negligees, yeah. who are walking around serving the drinks. Um, some of them are dancing for entertainment. 
Um, and there are a bunch of discrete little signs up that point out, you know, private dancers, how much they cost, etc., etc. And then night rates available for rooms. And then there are preposterously heavy rates for spending the night at this um, establishment yeah. in a room. Yeah. Which is presumably, almost certainly, with a woman. Yeah, yeah. You're paying for the woman and getting the room free. Yeah, yeah. But you're paying for the woman for the entire night, so yeah. I would say. And you look around, you do not see Lillian Visky dancing on a table somewhere. Oh, yeah, I didn't figure I would. Um, so we'll um, go up to... Um, go up to... One of the they sell drinks and stuff as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll go up and buy it, buy an ale. Yeah. And, and um, there are openly several of like Drayliff guards and mercenaries just bopping around in here in uniform and yeah. things. And we'll quietly because she's using her own name, isn't she? Yes, um, yes, yes. And we'll quietly ask the um, ask the guy pouring the ale uh, if um, Lillian's about. Hey, sort of looks looks you up and down. All right, yeah, she's about in the she's about in the back. Hang on, I'll just see if she's available. Pot, pot, pot. Oh, Lillian, bro. Uh, out comes uh, Lillian Visky, who looks more or less very much like when you last saw her. Um, she is dressed slightly more appealingly for the for the route. She's very much wearing the classic female armor. Um, uh, it's the boob plate. Yeah. Midriff exposed, tightly the pants on for a yeah. you know, armor sort of thing. Uh, she is openly carrying a couple of daggers in her belt, and you would assume probably has a couple more hidden down her pants, legs, and boots, and that sort of thing. Um, and the guy sort of talks to her, the bartender talks to her quietly, points over to you, and she comes over to you, um, Comes over to you. And eyes you up and down, licks it slightly. Well, usually when strange men usually when strange men call for me, they bring me gifts. Who are you? And what can I how can we serve you today? I've got a gift for you, Les. And um Caleb will hand over the rose with the uh, with the ring around yeah. it. She looks at it, and she looks at it. Something runs briefly across her face. She slips the ring carefully into her pocket, um, and then puts the rose down the cleavage, yeah. and then leans in quietly towards you and does the beckoning, come here, come here. And I can't lean towards it. BAM! She slaps you as hard as she can across the face. Yeah. And she says, how dare you? I am not that sort of girl. I run this establishment. And none of our girls do that sort of thing. I'm sorry, miss. I'm sorry. I I, I just thought it might work. Um, you you want to go to Stagthorn if you want those sort of perversions. <laughs> Their king is a half orc. He, he is into dwarves and sheep at the same time. <laughs> she does this really loudly. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't want you to go away lonely. You're a good boy now. Why don't you why don't you have a private why don't you have a private dance with Giselle here? <laughs> Giselle, take this man and show him. Uh, show him the vel- show him the velvet corner soft delights. Uh, room three should do. Um, she smiles, dimples at you, 
So, uh, Kellen looks bewildered and pleased all at the same time. Moves up, takes a feather boa from around her neck, loops it around yours and says, come along. <laughs> yep. Turns around, pulls you along and sways at her hips unnecessarily a lot yep. as she takes you to this private room. Um, she takes you in, um, sits you down on a chair, locks the door behind you with a heavy, really solid, good-looking padlock, <laughs> and then turns to you, sexy girl completely disappears, and says, wait here, wait here, please. I... Moves, moves to the back behind the pole, fiddles around with something, opens a secret door, and walks out. Sweet. <laughs> and about 20 seconds later, Lillian Visky walks in. With Michaela? Uh, with Michaela. Excellent. Um... Oh, no, in fact, um, Michaela would have come in here with you for this dance. Okay. Like, in this place. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and Lillian comes in, sort of closes the secret door again behind you, sits down. Well, you're the last person I was expecting, I was expecting to see. <laughs> How's your wife? <laughs> 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 and we will cut away there. Yeah, I think that's that's it. that's what I was looking for. <laughs>